Let's imagine the not-too-distant future. You feel more in control of your photos than you ever have before. You look forward to the regular creative dates on your calendar. You're moving forward on that project that means so much to you. You are on fire with inspiration, and you are finally scrapbooking consistently. This is not a hypothetical, it's a real-life possibility. And for the first time, I've created a workshop specifically focused on the problem of consistency. It's called Sparked, and I'm excited to share it with you for free. Visit simplescrapper.com sparked to get access to the training and make this possibility your reality. Yes, definitely. And I always try to think about my future self looking back. You know, I'm not going to worry so much if something wasn't perfectly positioned in the photo. I'm just going to like to be able to look back at it, see what was important at the time. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 183. In this episode, I'm joined by team member Helen DeRam to chat about seeing the details of your life, including yourself, in your photos and your scrapbooks. Our conversation runs the gamut from the practical to the personal. Plus, Helen also offers specific tips with beautiful examples in the show notes. You can find this episode and 182 more at simplescrapper.com slash podcast. Hey, Helen, welcome back to Scrapbook Your Way. Hi, Jennifer. I'm happy to be here. Yes. And I am correct that you've been on before, right? Yes. Yes. We did talk before. Okay. (laughs) Sometimes my brain uh, fails me the older I get. So can you share a little bit about yourself with our audience to refresh their memories? Sure. So I live in Illinois with my husband, Rudy, and our senior cat. She's 17 now. She's a little bit of a hot mess right now. I don't have any kids of my own, but I have a stepson, Kyle. He's in his 30s. I am a director of IT. I've worked at the same company for 20 years. I've also scrapbooked for 20 plus years. And when I'm not scrapbooking, I like to do gardening and go antiquing. Mm, sounds so fun. Yeah, I love all of your gardening photos. I'm someday I will have more of a green thumb. <laughs> For now, it's it's only my husband keeping things alive. <laughs> well, at least there's one of you. <laughs> so what's it? Yes, yes, yes. For a long time, there was neither of us, and then he, the pandemic turned into hit, turned him into a plant daddy, and so nice. he's all into it now. Yeah, yeah. It's really nice to have plants in the house because we didn't have any pre-pandemic and then he brought in a bunch that he had in his office and then we just kept adding and now we have like a plant room. <laughs> so, oh, that's great. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So what's exciting you right now in scrapbooking and memory keeping? So I'm really just loving the brand 49 and Market and everything they're putting out and I that might have been my pick last time as well particularly the rub-ons that they have. I think I have Mm -hmm. all of them and I have some more on my list. (laughs) There's a new collection coming out called, or it's out now. It's in my, one of my carts. Um, 
curator's meadow. It's, you know, it's all natural stuff and there's some animals and butterflies and flowers and things. And I just love that. And the Rabans particularly, they're just beautiful and they work really well. You know, Rabans back in the day were not so great. These are just beautiful. I try and put them on all my pages. Yes, I can imagine. I can see how that fits with your style and yeah, their products are really beautiful. And of course, Rabans are one of the most fun supplies ever. So <laughs> yeah, they're great. And they like one of the ones that they have or a style that they have are like little splattery dots, which I love because I can mm -hmm. just rub them on the page wherever I want and not have to worry about actual ink or paint or anything. Yes. Yes. I, I've heard that several different conversations we've had on the podcast about ways to get the messy look without the mess and what rub-ons, you know, doing a hybrid type of thing. And I'm on their website now and I'm going to have to buy some of these rub-ons myself because yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan. Yeah, I I'm love the variety they have, like the painty things and the botanicals. Like it's right. I know. Then, yes. Yeah, the, the latest one that Curator is Meadow, they have like animals and then they have like those like tea stain or coffee stain from your cup, like in the same package. So you get just a really nice variety and some words and things too. Wow. But yeah. I'm kind of addicted. Very cool. <laughs> yes. We will include a link in the show notes to these for sure because they're, they're quite lovely. So Helen, what's on your memory keeping bucket list? This is a story that you really want to tell, but for some reason you haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. So this has been on my list for a while. It's about my dad. So my dad was born in Hungary and then in 1956, there was a revolution and he was a young 18 year old man. And his dad was like, you need to get out of the country. So we had some relatives in the U.S. So basically he's 18 years old by himself you know, leaving on a ship to come to America. And the, he tells a story. And the only thing he brought with him was a roll of film in his pocket. And so we wow. have, the, yeah, isn't that just, it's just, I don't know, it's amazing. I just love that. That was the only thing he wanted to bring, that it was that important to him. And so those photos are photos of him kayaking the Danube River. And the, the photos are kind of, a little blurry and kind of scratchy. I don't know if that's just because he carried it in his pocket. Um, so I want to, you know, document that story and those photos. Cause I just, I love that story. And I think it's it'd be really, yeah, that, it's amazing. Have. Yeah. There's, yeah, just like, there's so many layers to that and you could bring in other photos of him. Yeah. It, that just sounds so beautiful. So what a great bucket list story. Yeah, thanks. So I wanted to talk to you today about photography. And, you know, let's catch up a bit first. You were on episode 130 talking about projects. So I'm curious kind of what projects are you working on right now so we can give our audience a little more context before we dive into more of the photo topics. Sure. Well, I always have lots of projects on my list. <laughs> my scrapbooking is very open-ended. This year, I decided to do a memory planner, kind of Heidi Swap style, the Stop the Blur. And I'm really enjoying that. Um, with summer being a little bit busy, you know, I'm quote-unquote feeling a little behind on that. But that's definitely one of my projects. And then working on 2020 and 2021, I like doing 
the summary style pages that the creative team that we've we've been doing for the Spark magazine. So kind of summarizing a season or a trip. So I think I'm going to do more of that for some of the years that I'm trying to catch up on. And then this week is Allie Edwards' Week in the Life documenting. So I am doing that and we'll be doing a 10 by 8 album for Week in the Life this year. I've done that for many years and I wanted to continue that one. I was kind of on the fence, like, do I want to, (laughs) do I want to do it? But I just really do love that project and, you know, wanted to make sure I did it again this year. So what led you to choose the 10 by 8 size? Uh, I just wanted to do something different. So I purchased Mm -hmm. a 10 by 8 album whenever she first had it. And I'm using it as a home album to document different parts of my home. And it's it's a really different size. <laughs> so it's just really different creatively. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to try something different. I have done a six by eight week in the life since for all the years I've done it. So I'm a little upset that it's going to fit differently on the shelf but (laughs) it was worth it just to try something different. I would have to say that that sometimes influences my decision. So, (laughs) I know. (laughs) So we are now in the photos creative journey. This is our two month kind of learning period. It's taking place in July and August. And I really wanted to talk about developing confidence as just an everyday photographer. So just an amateur photographer who takes photos of their family, of their life, of themselves, because they like to keep their memories. So maybe you can tell us a little bit of your history. What sparked your interest in taking photos at all? So I was thinking about this and I really grew up with photos and taking pictures, being a regular part of our lives. My mother Mm -hmm. loved taking photos. She, you know, she always wanted to take pictures of us doing stuff and she always wanted to be in the photos. When I was kind of like that preteen age, she got me one of those disc cameras, which was like this, the roll of film was actually like this flat disc and it went in this little flat camera. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she let me take pictures of whatever, you know, my friends and I would do like a fashion show and we would take photos of each other or me and my sisters or whatever we were doing, you know, so she let me kind of take pictures of whatever I wanted. And then it was always, you know, exciting to get those developed and put them in albums. It was really a big part of our everyday lives, you know, photos and getting pictures developed and putting them in albums and looking back at them and, and talking about them. And so I think it was just part of my growing up. Yes. Yeah. That's, that sounds so familiar as well. And it's not, you know, it's not something that I've ever thought of before. And I think that's a, that's a bucket list story for me to talk about how I came to memory keeping, came to scrapbooking from this, a legacy, a lifetime legacy of always having photos in my life from, you know, we had Polaroid camera and you had to, you know, you only had five flashes and you got to make sure you use them well. And Yes. Um, yeah. So definitely thinking about that, that would be some, some really fun stories to tell. Yeah, definitely. So have you, have you taken any 
classes or participate in any projects to intentionally improve your skills or have you just kind of picked it all up on the fly? Um, I sort of just picked it up and maybe a little bit through osmosis from Rudy, my husband, Mm -hmm. Um, since he's a fine art photographer, you know, I think part of when you're doing something is you're explaining it, you know, so he would talk to me about different aspects of the photo and he's not so much into the technical parts, which I don't really know how to do, but more about you know, composition and maybe capturing a story in your photo. So I think maybe just through osmosis, (laughs) I've picked up tips over the years. Okay. So I did not know this about your husband. So (laughs) this kind of, this shifts things a little bit. I'm curious, like, so the photos that you share and that you use on your layouts, how many are you taking versus how many that he's taking? Most of them are mine. Yeah, they're, you know, okay. yeah, I use my, my camera or my phone, on, you know, my camera phone. So when we would years ago, not years ago, but for many years, we would take long road trips out West. And when we did that, mm-hmm. part of that trip was for him to take photos of, you know, Western type things. And so any of those Mm -hmm. photos that I would use in my travel albums, you know, I would use some of the ones that he took, but really the, Mm -hmm. our vacation part of it was still photos that I took. And certainly the ones I use on my pages and that I post are ones that I take. Sure. No, this is just so fascinating in terms of how, you know, we always talk about like, surrounding yourself with people that inspire you and, you know, help you learn new things. And so that's definitely an example of, you know, having someone in your daily life that, that can nudge you in a certain direction. And, you know, as you said, learning by osmosis. So that's really cool. Yeah. So some of my favorite photos of yours are these little still life scenes little slices of real life from like washing dishes or, you know, a cabinet that, you know, looked particularly cute. What is typically your objective or purpose behind these shots? Like, what are you thinking about in the moment? So I like kind of capturing the stuff of life, right? I like seeing, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, so in my house, I like to change my decor a lot, just kind of move things around. And so I like taking photos of that. I like just kind of seeing and looking back and seeing how things are. Like I remember when I was a teenager, my dresser, I had all these little, you know, knickknacky things on my dresser. And then the mirror, I had all these photos and, you know, kind of tucked in the side and postcards and little things. And one of my friends took a picture of my dresser (laughs) and gave it to me and said, here, put this picture of your dresser on your dresser mirror. (laughs) But looking back at that photo, like, I just love it. I love seeing all the stuff I had and Mm -hmm. brings me back to that time and that feeling. And so I want to make sure that I'm still capturing those types of things now, whether it's, you know, what's on the table or what's on my bookshelf or in a corner. And then I also like to capture, you know, what I'm doing, you know, whether it's something like doing the dishes or doing something I love, like gardening or scrapbooking or, you know, just the doing the things <laughs> that, that I like to do. 
Yeah, I love I love those little shots of especially ones I see from the past where obviously it was a photo of a person, but then you notice the stuff in the background. So intentionally taking kind of those contact shots are really fun. And I'm I'm thinking about this little display in my daughter's room. I have one of those printer trays, right? For the all the letters and stuff. And I'm 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 guessing yep. you have at least one of those because it seems like your style. <laughs> and but I did mine all with like I painted it white and it's got little scrapbook paper backing each little box different paper for each one and it was all very like kind of cutesy because it was for her for her nursery but now she's taken all of her little like little animal toys that you don't really know where to keep she has them all like set up in there because it's the perfect little home for them (laughs) and so I need to capture that before that goes away before she's no longer interested in that and and she's decided she doesn't want those little things so definitely super fun So when you are taking these images, are you kind of styling them or do you just jump in and capture it right as is? So um, it's just as is. I find if I try to style it, it doesn't look right. Like, and I was thinking about it as like when you're styling something, you're trying to make it look like real life. And so for me, Mm -hmm. you know, just taking a photo of real life is easier and and turns out better. So usually, you know, I'll just take I'll take a shot and I'll look at it real quick and if something that I wanted to be in the picture is not or if it's totally wonky and crooked, then I'll, you know, try and take another photo and then and then just kind of go with it, you know, cuz it's the real life part that I'm trying to capture. Mm, I love that perspective. You know, especially as you mentioned right now, we're in week in the life and just having that permission to accept imperfection, to expect, accept life as it is, I think is really, you know, empowering when you're not always feeling as confident in your, in your photo taking. So. Yes, definitely. And I always try to think about my future self looking back, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to worry so much if something wasn't perfectly positioned in the photo. I'm just going to like to be able to look back at it, see what was important. For sure. Do you have any like particular like tips or techniques that really stand out to you as, as things you kind of rely on or go back to? Uh, So if it's, you know, if I'm trying to take a photo like a, of, let's say my table, like a flat, you know, what's on the table, I just try to, hold the camera or my phone as square and flat as possible and like, you know, take a quick photo, check it. Is there, you know, something I want to change? Maybe if someone is there, ask them to just like put their hand in the photo because <laughs> I find mm-hmm. sometimes that, you know, I did that, that happened once accidentally and it was, it looked amazing. It looked really great. You know, like just grab your cup of tea or whatever. And then something that, you know, people probably already know by now and are doing, but make sure your lens is clean if you're using your camera Mm -hmm. phone, especially if you're using that front lens. Um, You know, I'm always checking it before I take a photo to make sure that it's clean. So, and the other thing too is um, I'm trying to capture, a lot of times, you know, we'll be doing something and like, it's just a great, moment or feeling or whatever. And I want to try and capture that feeling. So if you're just kind of 
feeling the moment, like it doesn't, it doesn't even have to necessarily be a picture of you or the people, but maybe just part of where you are and trying to capture that feeling. Um, I think that that kind of helps. Like if you're, you're in the moment, you're feeling that feeling, take that photo. And usually that photo then, you know, it's kind of a nice reminder back to that moment. Yes. Yes. I think I've given myself permission to take truly sometimes horrible photos just to be able to like capture a moment because I know I don't have time here to like get the settings right or change anything about it. All I can do is choose to take the photo or not take the photo. Right. And I've only regretted not taking the photo. I've never yes. regretted taking a photo. So, <laughs> Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I will always think back to the day we brought my daughter home and we didn't take any photos. We took photos at the hospital before. We, of course, we, there were lots of photos taken later. But that day, I wanted a photo of like the three of us on the front porch and we did, we never got one. And I oh. kept thinking, oh, we need to do that. And then, you know, something was getting in the way or, yeah. So always take the photo. Yes, absolutely. I've also noticed that you are very skilled and clever at incorporating more of these other shots, these contact shots, the landscapes, the everyday life shots into your scrapbooking. It's not just people photos. So when you're putting together a layout, particularly these, you know, you do a lot of like really beautiful, detailed 12 by 12 double pages. How do you decide what you want to include? I always try to include, like I want pictures of the people, whether it's, you know, whoever was there, like all together or at least separately. And then I want, I definitely, you know, if there's landscape, I want to include that. And then, you know, if it's like an everyday kind of thing, like home life, I want to make sure there's a picture of the cat in there somewhere. Um, And then, you know, part of, you know, the stuff. So it's kind of like my little, do I have everything represented. You know, I have me, I have Rudy, Cat, mm. <laughs> whoever else was there. You know, if Kyle was yeah. there and the scene and what we were doing, I, I try to include all of it and some close-ups, some faraways. I, so I do kind of um, look at that intentionally when I'm putting my pages together. I love that. I think I know I need to do more of that. I'm just, I'm very like feeling very like self-reflective during our conversation today. (laughs) So um, I will sometimes just end up choosing one photo because it's the best one rather than choosing more photos that can provide more context. And so, um, yeah, I think I, I will definitely include at least one example of your pages in the show notes for this episode so that our listeners can see kind of the the variety of types of photos that you'll include in a page. Now, shifting gears, I also noticed, and this is really kind of what prompted me to ask you on, is that you've really focused on taking regular selfies over the past year. And you've been participating in the Thursday Three Project. This is a hashtag on Instagram where you're invited to share three things about yourself. And this was started by Kristen Tweedale. And can you maybe just start by telling us why you decided to to share through that project? Sure. So I wanted to be posting more on Instagram of the you know, my, what I'm doing with my scrapbooking, my layouts and memory planner and stuff like that. But I didn't want it to just be that. 
Um, I wanted to incorporate, you know, a little bit about me. And I was hoping that, you know, since it's, you could do it weekly, obviously, that it would encourage me to post more regularly. Because a lot of times I'll think like, oh, this would be great to post on Instagram. And I'll even like in my head figure out what I'm going to say. But if I can't do it at the moment, that moment passes. (laughs) And then I'm like, it comes around later. I'm like, oh, I'll just, you know, I won't post it. So I was kind of wanting to do Thursday 3 to encourage me to post more and to share a little bit about myself. So it's not just my scrapbook pages. So that's why. Oh, I love that. And I hear that so much on the podcast on how varying degrees of accountability, you know, even this one is is kind of the the lightest level of accountability (laughs) you can get, but that helps us do more of the things we want to do. And because we're, you know, when you have others out there who are going to react to it, that provides a little bit of positive feedback. And I think it's kind of self uh self nourishing in a way that it the more you do it the easier it gets and the more you you know even look forward to doing it so i think it's a really powerful activity and i love i love sharing as much as i can through it as well yeah so i'm curious are you a one shot here's my selfie i'm gonna then you know share this one or how many images do you typically take before you pick the one that you're going to post Rarely is it one shot. So I look back at (laughs) my last Thursday three post and found all the photos and there's actually like 16 photos, which sounds a little ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But what I do is I just take them all really fast. And a lot of times I'm not necessarily even looking at the camera. I'm just, you know, I'll hold the camera up, take a photo, you know, change my expression or turn my head or do whatever and just keep taking photos. And some of them are, you know, even just blurry in between photos. But I find that, you know, if I take more photos, I'm more apt to get (laughs) at least one that I like. So, um, so that definitely, I I tend to take more than just, you know, one and done. (laughs) I usually take a bunch before I even look at them too. So rather than take yes. one and looking, you know, just take a bunch and then just kind of look through them all. And I think there's something really important to that because I know that I've, well, sometimes when I do that, I will say, oh, that one's no good. And I delete it. And then I keep going and like, oh, but maybe that one I deleted was better. And I think it's good to just, to take a whole bunch and then kind of start narrowing them down from here's the batch I'm going to pick one and then move on with my life rather than take one look at it not like it keep taking another one and eventually (laughs) it's like the first one that ends up looking the best right so right right. I think that's sometimes one of the most natural is the first one yes Uh, so yeah it's it's interesting but I, I think one of the messages here is that for every lovely selfie you see on Instagram somebody probably took multiple shots if not many in order to get one that you know was flattering and that they're proud of and so if your first selfie isn't coming out awesome that's pretty normal like it's normal to uh that you weren't looking the right way or you know it was a weird angle that wasn't quite as flattering so I think that's it's pretty typical to do that yes definitely So have you always been comfortable taking selfies or including yourself in the photos? 
Yes, I I have. I don't know, you know, when we officially started taking selfies. I was trying to think, like, with my little disc camera, <laughs> I was taking selfies. I think maybe me and my friends were just taking pictures of each other. But my mom, you know, again, back to my mom, she was always taking photos, and she always wanted to be in the photo. It wasn't, it wasn't, uh, you know, she wanted she wanted to be in the photo. She's like, you know, take a photo of me with you know, Nancy and Jenny, my sisters, or take a photo of all of us. She wanted to be included in it. So I think just kind of growing up that way, it was, it was normal to be in the photo, Mm -hmm. to take photos of yourself. As a matter of fact, like um, my mom had passed away about five years ago, but you know, I had all her photos and her camera and, you know, she was taking selfies of herself and, you know, into her seventies. And I just thought that that was awesome. So. That is awesome. I love it. So, so how does it feel when, when you take a photo of yourself? Like what's, what's your kind of internal monologue as you're reviewing those, you know, the 16 options to pick the one? (laughs) Well, usually, you know, the, the, the time or the day or whatever, I'm going to take a selfie. It's because I'm feeling good. You know, whether I'm Mm -hmm. feeling like, oh, my hair is nice today, or I like my cute shirt, or I'm just happy and I want to capture this happy feeling. So usually it makes me feel good. And I'm taking a photo because I feel good. You know, there's maybe like an odd photo or two, especially from like pandemic era where I wanted to capture my not feeling good days. But, but normally, you know, I'm, I'm wanting to capture a happy feeling. And so, you know, I'm feeling good about it. I do, you know, we all kind of can be harsh (laughs) judges of ourselves. And I try not to do that and just say, well, that's it's an unflattering photo. I'm not going to use that. No one needs to see it, (laughs) you know, and just Mm -hmm. kind of (laughs) go with the one where I I like the way it looks. So, um, yeah, I try not to let myself feel bad about what the camera did, (laughs) I guess. Yes. Yes. I love that. When you're like kind of itemizing the scenarios in which you feel good. And sometimes to me, it's like, oh, that's really good light. So whether it's me taking a selfie or taking a photo with my family, I'm like, oh, that's really good light. Let's go take a picture. Yes. That will kind of trigger me into getting excited because I know it's more likely to turn out well <laughs> if the light is good. Yes, definitely. Light is very important. We're always, yeah, we're always looking for that when we're taking family photos. Like We were just doing that this past weekend, you know, like with my dad for Father's Day. Like, no, over here. Let's mm-hmm. walk over here now. <laughs> it's better over here. So. So one thing I noticed, and you mentioned this a little bit, that you definitely vary the perspective, kind of the approach to your self-portrait. Some of them uh, look like you took, you know, extending your arm out, sometimes used maybe a self-timer, remote shutter. So is kind of this variance, is this an intentional creative decision versus just taking the same kind of selfie like every week? Yeah, I want to make sure, and I think I said it before, I want to capture the things that I'm doing and especially the things that Mm -hmm. I really like doing. And again, capturing that feeling, you know, like it's, let's say it's a, you know, a rainy Saturday and I have nothing to do and I get to scrapbook all day and I have a fresh cup of coffee and (laughs) just everything is perfect. And, Mm. you know, I want to capture that feeling in that moment and, and me scrapbooking. So when I look back on it, I remember that. 
Um, so I, yeah, I like capturing me doing the things I like doing. I, and I also like doing the, you know, just the standing in front of the mirror kind of selfie. So I do, I do definitely like to vary it up and capture not only, you know, what I looked like on the day, but what was I doing? Doing something I love. (laughs) And are there any like particular kind of technical strategies that you use to make taking those photos a little easier, whether it's, you know, having a remote shutter for your phone or you use a specific app? Is there anything that you do to, to take these photos? So I'm really just basic. I don't even have a remote shutter. <laughs> I don't either. I don't even have an Apple Watch, so it's, I don't, it's yeah. okay. <laughs> I don't either. Um, yeah, so it's literally just, you know, holding the holding the phone out. I do use the timer for sure. And then, mm-hmm. you know, if it's me doing something or me and Rudy doing something, whatever, um, I'll prop it up somewhere, you know, on a, you know, on a book, on a rock, on a bucket, whatever mm-hmm. I can, um, and just kind of figure out like, well, if I have to prop it up on a rock, it's going to be a low angle and this is what it's going to look like. And that's, you know, that's, it's going to be a different shot because of that. And I'm, I'm okay to go with that. Like it doesn't have to be always from the same angle. So I like varying it up that way. And sometimes, and I used to do this all the time, I never used the front selfie camera originally because that wasn't, you know, for a long time that lens wasn't really good. And um, so I would, you know, use the back one and I'm holding it up, taking a selfie and my friends would make fun of me like, what are you doing? You can't even see yourself. I'm like, yeah, but I like the way this looks better. (laughs) Ultimately, Mm -hmm. I might not be able to see myself, but I'm going to get a better picture. So sometimes I'll still do that. You know, you get kind of a a different look, a wider angle. So, um, so those are, I still think it looks better for, yeah. I think now that the the front camera is a better lens, it's almost too good. I'm like, this is showing like every pore (laughs) on my face, whereas the rear lens is doing something to zhuzh it up a bit. I don't know, but I, I just took one right before we got on and I took one both ways, front facing and rear facing and the rear facing was by far a better photo. So, uh, you know, I wasn't perfectly centered, but who cares? I'm going to crop it anyway. So, (laughs) Right, right. Well, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one doing that. (laughs) No, definitely not. (laughs) So do you have any advice for someone who maybe is lacking in confidence of, of taking photos in general or taking photos of themselves? And, you know, you want them to, to, kind of feel what you feel without having the same kind of, you know, lifelong tradition of, of getting in the photo. So I would say start where you feel comfortable. So if you're most comfortable in your house, maybe nobody's around or lock yourself in the bathroom and just Mm -hmm. take a bunch of photos, you know, don't, like we said before, don't take a photo and look at it. Just take a bunch of photos and know that you can delete all of them if you don't like them and you don't have to no one else has to see them you don't have to share them necessarily just get in there and start taking photos and i guarantee if you take you know if you take a multitude of photos there's going to be at least one that you like and then for that one that you like figure out you know why you like it is it the lighting is it 
the way you held the camera? Is it the way that you're posing? And then remember mm-hmm. that for next time or try to recreate that in a way. So I think, you know, just go where you feel comfortable first and then and then start trying to see what you can capture. I think that the experimentation definitely helps. Even like height of the camera, whenever my husband's taking a photo of me, he always has it like really low. And I'm like, no, you need to go a little higher. That tends to be, you know, a more flattering perspective. You can go a little higher rather than like taking it knees up or something. Right. So, um, yeah, like, but just a bit experimenting, even having the really bad shots helps you understand what makes a good one versus a less good one for sure. <laughs> Yes, definitely. Yeah, change where you're holding the camera and definitely try the timer. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't need any fancy equipment. Just prop it up on something and run over to where you want to be. And obviously having a remote uh, would help. And then you can just take a bunch of photos at once. But just experiment and play and have fun. Well, I think using the timer, I've gotten some really interesting shots, like maybe where it focused on the background or the extreme foreground versus the subject and some of those are just end up being really beautiful shots they can create like white space to add journaling when it happens that happens sometimes and yeah I like the the surprise of it and you get some some really interesting photos when you take a lot of them Yes, definitely. Yeah. Finding that happy accident. <laughs> it's always good. And then mm-hmm. probably won't be able to recreate it, <laughs> but it's, um, it's, it's nice to have that one. Yes. Yes. So Helen, this has been such a lovely chat. Can you share where our listeners can find you online? Anything maybe that you have planned for the rest of this year? So online, I'm really just on Instagram and I'm HDRAM and I post my layouts there and my my Thursday threes (laughs) and I'm always trying to post more. (laughs) I feel like things have gotten busy and I I haven't been posting as much, but um, I'm mainly there and then Simple Scrapper members can see my pages or my layouts in the Spark magazine that comes out. So those are really the main places you can find me. Yes. And by this time, when this episode goes up, we will have our July, August issue up and it is definitely going to be a good one. Helen, thank you for your time. Thanks for having me, Jennifer. It was a pleasure. And to all of our listeners, please remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way. 